What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Casual Big Ten Podcast. Five Big Ten games here in week eight that I'm going to recap. We'll talk about some bets. We'll talk about some shifts in the standings, all the quarterbacks that didn't play this week, and much more. But I wanted to start the show a little bit different than I usually do. I'm going to do shout-outs first instead of saving them for the end. I want to thank WX underscore Matthew G for following along on Casual Big Ten on Twitter. Uh, appreciate you. R. Herringa, also following along on Twitter. Appreciate you interacting, liking the tweets, and responding. And then lastly, my guy Maroon and Goldie. He took home $20. That's right, folks. 20 whole dollars in cold, hard digital Venmo cash when he was the closest one to guess the total points that were going to be scored in the Big Ten. So congratulations to Maroon and Goldie on that. Really appreciate everyone that's been following. I, I love getting uh, the responses, the notifications on Twitter, keeping this thing going. It's uh, it's really exciting. So not as exciting as these games, though, or exciting even, if I could talk correctly. Not as exciting as these games. We had, uh, like I said, five games this weekend. I'm going to start with the Ohio State game, and I'm going to start by saying that Ohio State's really tough to guard. They have way too many weapons. They blow out Iowa 54 to 10. I think they looked at this game and said, this is the best competition we've played. Let's make a statement. They did. Stroud, he throws four touchdown passes to four different guys. They had Williams and Henderson in the backfield. These guys have been going back and forth. Henderson had more yards. Williams got a touchdown and they've been doing stuff like that all year. They're just really difficult. They've got too many people to guard. It's just too tough. I would hate to play against them and be a defensive coordinator. Um, Iowa, the story for them is that their defense scores again, their special team scores again, their offense, shocker, does not. Uh, Spencer Petrus throws two interceptions. Alex Padilla comes in, and he throws another interception. They're just rattled on offense. They're in shambles. They don't have a clue what they're doing. I know everybody wants Spencer to be benched for the rest of the year, but I don't think if another guy comes in, Anything's going to change at all for Iowa. Their offense is just, they're done. I mean, they're just like, they don't know what they're doing out there. I don't know. If, you can't really change your philosophy at this point in the year. I, so I guess something's got to change. I don't know what I would do if I was the offensive coordinator. I guess I would want the new guy to come in and just say, hey, man, do what you can do. Start throwing it around more. I'm not sure. But Iowa is just absolutely rattled on offense. They can't, they literally can't score. It's not like, you know, sometimes you're talking about someone's offense and you're like, man, they, they really can't score. And you're kind of being sarcastic. Iowa literally doesn't score touchdowns. It's crazy. Really tough to watch. It's frustrating if you're a Hawkeye fan. I really feel bad for you because, <clears throat> excuse me, because your defense is having a year that they're playing. I mean, you look at this game, they didn't really play that well, but it's Ohio State. But the defense has been scoring. They've been getting stops. And they give it back to their offense and they know they're basically just playing field position. It's really frustrating, and I, I feel bad for them, like I said. But uh, tough way to lose that game for Iowa. But you kind of saw that coming. I mean, the spread was 30. What were you kind of expecting in that game? The next game, the only one I really got right on the weekend was uh, Penn State blowing out Minnesota. I thought Penn State was going to be pissed off. I said it last week. I thought they'd be mad that they got pushed around, and they were. They came out, and uh, they absolutely dominated Minnesota. Clifford has four touchdowns. I thought he was going to have a big game, and he did. Their defense shuts Minnesota down. Um, and I was really impressed with the way that they played. Minnesota's having a good year. Listen, 
no, there's only one team that's going to win the Big Ten this year. And you can't say that the rest of the teams are just trash because they didn't win it. Okay. And honestly, at this point, if you've looked at my rankings and my tiers that I do every Tuesday, tier top, it's going to be Michigan or Ohio State. Let's be completely honest with each other. All right. So Penn State's probably not going to win the Big Ten, more than likely. But you can't say that they're just having a bad year. I think they're still having a decent year. Um, so it's a good win for Penn State. Minnesota, I don't know where you guys go from here. If you look at Minnesota's schedule, or not even their schedule, just their results, they've lost their last three games now after starting, what was it, 4-0? Uh, Purdue, Illinois, and Penn State. All games that, if going into the Purdue game, we thought Minnesota was better. At least I did. So they completely switched ever since that game at Purdue, or I'm sorry, at home versus Purdue. And they haven't won ever since then. I don't know what's changed. I don't know why they're playing so differently. I don't know if the boats have been sunk. I really don't know what's going on. But uh, Minnesota, they need to win badly next week. And luckily, they're playing Rutgers. So they'll probably, I don't know, I guess they'll get it. We'll see. Um, the third game, we have Wisconsin uh, beating Purdue. This was, for me, the biggest shock of the weekend. If you listen to last week's episode, I thought Purdue was better. And I still, I still partially do think Purdue is better than Wisconsin. Um, if you've watched all the games, this was just a weird game because O'Connell throws three interceptions, which is totally uncharacteristic of him. Uh, Mertz has a decent game. He doesn't throw the ball all over the place, but he does have two touchdowns and no interceptions. Um, I like Devin Mockaby from Purdue. He's coming on as one of the best running backs. He's had a really good year so far. He goes over 100 yards and he gets a touchdown. But uh, Wisconsin was just a little bit too much in this game. Here's what happened if you were watching the game. Wisconsin immediately, it seemed like as soon as the game was on, it was 14. It, it's, not, it's like they kicked off and it was 14-0. That's how it felt. And if you're a Purdue fan, you probably felt that way too because it, it, it happened so quickly. It's 14-0. And then, um, if I'm not mistaken, they went up 21-0 as well. I'm looking that up as I keep talking. So it's 21-0 right off the bat. And then the game ends and they only lose by 11. So Purdue did fight back. I'm not able to use my computer and talk at the same time. Uh, Purdue does fight back a little bit, but it, it was it was a game where um, they just jumped on them so early and they were never able to get it back. Like it was too much at the beginning. I'm going to look at the uh, box score. Man, this is terrible. I should have looked this up beforehand, but play-by-play. Uh, play. No, I don't care. It doesn't matter. It was it was quick. Yeah, it was 21-0. to it was very quick. What was the time on this? This is in the first quarter. Yeah. So it's 21 to 0 early in the first quarter, like the first 12 minutes of the game. It's already 21 to 0. And it was just too much for Purdue to come back from. Um, they just got jumped on at Wisconsin. And uh, I would say that this was a bad. Honestly, if you look at this game, Wisconsin, we're going to talk about the standings at the end, but Wisconsin and Purdue can still win the West, guys, as crazy as it sounds. Either Even after Purdue just lost, they still have a chance to win that side of the conference. So um, good win for Wisconsin. They needed that after a heartbreaker in East Lansing last week. Uh, good for them. Great game for them and a win that they kind of really needed. All right, the fourth game of the weekend. I literally have no notes for this game. Rutgers beats Indiana 24-17. to I'm not sure what you guys want me to say about this game. Um, it was two bad teams in the Big Ten, uh, teams that, I said it last week, the game didn't matter at all. The only thing I was hoping for was points, and I didn't even get that. And to be completely honest, 
I was hanging out with my kids a little bit on Saturday during this game, and we were carving pumpkins. I barely watched this game at all, so I don't really have anything to contribute to it, and I don't think anyone cares because it was Rutgers in Indiana. Um, I love you guys still. I love Rutgers in Indiana. I know Indiana is excited about basketball, as excited as I am, I think. Um, Rutgers, you might be excited for basketball season to start this year too, based on the season. You guys had some big wins last year. Um, but I'm getting off topic. Uh, good win for Rutgers. It, like I said, this game for them to both be in the East, they're so far down in the standings and they're so far. You can't even really say like I was talking about Penn state earlier. They're in the East and they're not going to win it, but you can still say that Penn state's had a good year. You can't say that about Rutgers in Indiana. Indiana had a good start to the year, but since then they have not had a good year. So, uh, good job for Rutgers winning that game. And then our last game was Maryland beating Northwestern. I forgot to even mention in this in the Penn State game, by the way, but this just reminded me. Um, Tanner Morgan didn't play in that game. That was also a big factor for Penn State blowing out uh, Minnesota. I'm sorry, I forgot to mention that. But this reminded me because I turned on the Maryland-Northwestern game and neither of their starting quarterbacks are playing. You flip it on and you see a guy named Brendan Sullivan for Northwestern. And then the one of the coolest names I've ever heard for a quarterback for Maryland, Billy Edwards Jr. That's an awesome name. Those were your starting quarterbacks on Saturday. Neither of them had their starting quarterback in this game. I, I talked about it last week. I know I keep repeating myself, but I thought that Maryland was a better team, way better. Northwestern's the worst team in our conference. All right. We all know that by now. And if Northwestern's not going to have their starting quarterback, now they're really in trouble, okay? If they don't have Holinsky, who Holinsky's been like kind of throwing it around a little bit, but they don't have Holinsky in there. He gets benched. I don't even think he was hurt. I think he just straight up got benched. That's what they said on the broadcast. And I hadn't heard anything going up to the game. Now, uh, Tegavailoa for Maryland, I think he was hurt, if I'm remembering correctly. But they didn't even, the crazy part is like, I actually watched this broadcast and I was like glued to it. I'm looking on Twitter and stuff like that. I can't even figure out why Tengavailoa is out. They didn't really say. So I'm assuming he was hurt. Maybe I just was missing it. He wasn't paying attention. I wasn't paying attention close enough. Uh, but you got the two backup quarterbacks in. Maryland's good, you guys. They're really good. I, I'm not going to say really good, but they're good. They're right below Penn State in that we're having a good season conversation. They are two games. They are two games away from being undefeated at this point. Is that right? Am I am I remembering this correctly? Let me make sure. I'm, sometimes I say stuff and I'm like, wait, you're wrong. No, they're six and two. And you look at their two losses that they've had. They they lost that game versus Purdue where they went for two and got it. And then it got called back. So they were really close to going to a, I think that would have been a second or third overtime with Purdue. And they might have won that game. And then you're talking about a team who's only got one loss. And it was against Michigan, and it was only by seven. So, or no, I'm sorry. It was by a little bit more than that. No, it was seven. Yeah, it was seven. I know how to do math. Guys, don't, don't question me. It was seven. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So the rest of their schedule, though, they beat Michigan State. They beat Indiana. They have now beat Northwestern. They had a close game with Michigan. They had a really close game with Purdue. They have a big game next week at Wisconsin. And Maryland, I go back to what I was just saying with the tears. I've kept Maryland in that we're good, but in the East tier. And I still believe in that because they are six and two. 
They have one of the best records. If, if you put Maryland in the West right now, I think you're talking about them going to Indianapolis at the conclusion of this season. That's how good I think that they are. But unfortunately for them, they are not in the West. They're in the East. So Maryland's having a good year. This is not the blowout win that I thought we were going to get, but they also didn't have their starting quarterback, as I've talked about multiple times now. So um, I think if they had him, they would have blown them out a little bit more. I was surprised to see uh, I was surprised to see Northwestern even keep it this close because they have their backup in as well. If I remember, the first quarter they had that guy throwing it around. He ended up throwing, let me just make sure I got this right because I'm looking at the wrong guy right now. He ended up only throwing it 24 times. He had 143 yards. I'm t- and when I say he, I'm talking about Sullivan for Northwestern. But at the beginning of the game, they were putting him in really good positions to make high level, uh, not high level. He basically, They were putting him in position to make easy throws at the beginning of the game to get him comfortable. And I like to see that. Um, but Maryland goes ahead and wins the game. Good win for them. Like I said, they're still in that good. But in the East conversation, it's unfortunate for them that they're in the same division as Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. All right, let me make sure I got everything here. Let's look at the standings real quick. Um, I wanted to talk about that before we left, and I'm also looking at my notes here. You guys would think I didn't pre- – I've actually prepared for this podcast more than I usually do. Um, oh, my bets. That's what else I wanted to talk about. Terrible weekend of betting. I saw a stat online the other day that was completely fake, but I liked it. It said 90% of bettors give up right before they're about to hit big. And, guys, I, I vow to you that I will not fall into that percentage because I will never give up gambling on sports. Um, I had Iowa plus 30.5. Wrong. I had Indiana Rutgers over 47.5. Wrong. Maryland minus 13.5 versus Northwestern. Wrong. Purdue plus 2.5 versus Wisconsin. Wrong. And then Penn State minus 4 against Michigan or Minnesota. Correct. I got that one right. That really hurt my overall record this year. I'm 19 and 28 now. I'm nine games under 500 at the week eight point of the season, just beyond the midway point. That's not good. I'm not making money gambling, that's for sure. But luckily, I'm doing it semi responsibly. <clears throat> so I'm not losing a ton of money either. All right, uh, let me go here. Big 10, and we're looking at the standings. I just want to make sure I got it right. I, I should have this memorized by now. Really, I just want to talk about the West. Illinois benefits from a bye week this week because Purdue lost, and Wisconsin win, won, but it didn't really matter because they're in fourth place. Nebraska is still in second, I guess, kind of tied for second place in the West. At this point in the season, Illinois, it's their division to lose. And they're playing Nebraska. They're playing Michigan State at home. Purdue, Michigan, who they're definitely going to lose to. And then Northwestern to finish the year. I can see them losing maybe two of those games and still winning the west side of the conference. So I really like Illinois on that side. Like I said, you have Nebraska. And then you have uh, Purdue basically tied. And then Wisconsin. Minnesota now at 1-3 and three in the conference. They're at the bottom down there with Iowa. And even Northwestern has a win. Don't forget they beat. Can't forget they beat Nebraska at the beginning of the year. Um, and then the East, of course, you have Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Maryland. They're all kind of in that same conversation. And then at the bottom, you have Rutgers, uh, Michigan State at one and three, picking up their first win last week. And then uh, Indiana at one and four. 
I'm really excited for next week. This weekend I didn't love because there wasn't like a big rival. There wasn't like a marquee game where you're like, man, I can't wait to turn that game on right there. Like Penn State and Minnesota was the one game that I was like, that'll be kind of exciting and cool because it's at night. And then Purdue and Wisconsin was a big battle for the West, so I was excited about that game. But I think next weekend you obviously have uh, some really big games rivalry-wise and also some games that I think will be closer. I'm going to talk about that on Thursday, though. I think I've talked about everything I said I was going to discuss uh, this week. Really appreciate everybody following on Twitter. Thank you for still listening to the podcast. I know they've been getting a little bit longer. Trying to keep them under 20 minutes for you guys, though, so that you can quickly listen to them before the games start on Saturday or after they're over. Uh, thank you all for listening. We will see you all on Thursday to talk about week nine.